is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, November 9th, 2020, Season 16, Episode number 61. Welcome, welcome to the latest edition of of the break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got Nick, Dave, and Amber. And uh, we're going to talk about the Cowboys' loss yesterday. It was a competitive game, but a loss nonetheless. Cowboys lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers 24-19. And as we typically do on Mondays following a game, we're going to start with some storylines, some big-picture storylines that you take from the game. It seems a bit repetitive uh, because there have been so many losses, but maybe you guys have something different that you take out of this game than you've taken out of others. Nick, let's start with you. Well, I mean, no one likes to talk about moral victories or anything like that. But, I mean, it was – that's where we are. You know, that, when, when you when you bring a guy in for, that's never played in the NFL – I mean, never started a game before and he, and he goes and plays like that, I thought that the, the team – you know, rallied around him. I thought the energy from the stadium was good. I mean, the both you know the fans from both sides there. I thought it was, it was good atmosphere. The Cowboys played their best game on defense, but ultimately they're just not good enough. Their offense wasn't good enough to get over the hump and score when they need to. Field goals don't win. Field goals don't beat undefeated teams, and they didn't. Amber. Well, I know it was a loss, but it's kind of a weird feeling because, in a way, I feel like they won, and it brought back some some little hope and the talks of, like, okay, well, maybe, and just maybe, <laughs> this team can actually start turning things around because I think this is the first time that we actually see all three faces be able to find some success in the game. So it, it was a good thing. It, it, it brings back all the talk. Okay, well... Maybe they can get to the playoffs and maybe they can beat the teams down the line because the rest of the schedule are going to be teams that aren't necessarily as competitive as the Steelers are currently. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what the second half of the season brings. Dave. You said that, Amber. You said that. <laughs> Nobody else said that. Nobody forced you to say it. You're hopping back on the bandwagon of your own free will. Damn just, it, you see, they always do that to me. I'm just pointing that out. You would um, expect me to say that, right? That was not supposed to be something yeah, she Yeah, seriously. And <laughs> seriously, exactly. Um, it's funny. I guess my takeaway is I feel very right and very wrong all at the same time because – a couple weeks ago, I remember being like, you know, the NFL seasons have these ebbs and flows. Like, no, only only two teams have gone undefeated in the regular season ever, and there's no NFL team that just gets blown out every week, week after week. Like, not even the 08 Lions got blown out every single week. So you knew the Cowboys were going to turn it around at some point and at least play competitive football, but I sure as hell didn't expect it to be against the Steelers. Um <laughs> Of all of all the teams, you know the the last undefeated team left in the league. Maybe not the best team in the league, but certainly a very good team. And uh, to see them display that type of competence, particularly on defense, 
Um, it was it was impressive. I don't know what it means. You know, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but if they play that way the rest of the way, they're definitely going to win a few more games. Yeah, that's the interesting thing is when you looked at the matchups, and I was having this conversation with my wife before I was leaving to go to the game yesterday, and I was like, you know me, I, I try to be the optimistic in just in life in general. So when I'm watching teams like that I'm rooting for, I typically am more optimistic than the average person. But I was like, I can't find a scenario by which the Cowboys can win this game. What they do the worst, which in my opinion is the offensive line, is actually what matches up to the Steelers' greatest strength, which is their defensive line and their ability to get after the the, the quarterback. And so I just couldn't see a scenario where they could make it work. But they found ways yesterday Mm -hmm. to make things work and keep themselves in the game and keep fighting. And, And we saw a lot of things from the team yesterday, including the offensive line play, including the defense where they haven't been great all season, including the quarterback play. Well, they haven't been great, and yesterday they were able to get some things that they hadn't gotten and be able, were able to put it together in a way that I kind of agree with Amber that you know you feel today uh, almost like it's a win, mm-hmm. even though they end up on the losing end of it just because they played so much better than you would have thought they would have played. Yeah. But let's jump into some of the moments that mattered. Uh, we're going to go around. Everybody give me a moment that mattered from yesterday's game. Amber, let's start with you. I can't give you a specific moment, but I'm just going to choose just the the penalties in general because three of them that were very costly for the Cowboys, and I'm sure we're going to get into the, uh, we're going to talk about them more down the line, but uh, you talk about the one where the field goal, they missed the field goal, and then they get a call, a penalty call for, I think it was a false start, I think, and then it gets called back, they try the field goal again, they score. Then the two penalties on Jalen Smith, which, very questionable and debatable, but at the end of the day, it ended up costing points on the board. The the Steelers end up scoring a touchdown and then end up scoring a field goal. So I think just penalties in general in general were very costly for the Cowboys. Yeah, the interesting part about that, and you mentioned the the two Jalen penalties. Um, regardless of what you, what you think about it, and I, I'm actually interested to hear what you guys have to think about those. Um, they still end up being penalties that you would expect that you know a veteran like him at least on one of them doesn't make that costly mistake and on both instances it cost the Cowboys plenty Nick I'll start with you on that did you think that they were penalties and and what were just your thoughts on those those major penalties that came from Jalen uh I I don't think the one with uh Claypool was a penalty I I think it was an NBA flop honestly I think he flopped and if he did, that's a veteran move for by a rookie like that. But he, you can't go around and be like this beast and flex and all that kind of stuff, and then get pushed to the ground like that. He, I don't, I don't think so. I think he, I think he got, he felt contact and he kind of went down or you're tripped or or whatever. I don't, I don't think that was a, a good call. But you can't hit quarterbacks in the face, and that was an accident. Doesn't matter. Yeah. They don't care about about that. Um, Leighton Vanderish was an accident. I mean, he said after the game, the guy was up around his neck. And if anybody's going to get a guy's hand off his neck, it's going to be Leighton Vanderash. He's not going to have anybody on around his neck area. So he was trying to get his hand off, and when he did, he moved, and he hit him in the face. So bad luck for Jalen and Leighton on that. But I, I, don't, I didn't agree with that call, which was the biggest play in the game. Mm-hmm. I think because, if, you know, the, that Alden Smith penalty, I mean, uh, uh, fumble, 
They're going to get another field goal. Yeah, so they're going to be up seven this it, time. It was eight forty-six in the fourth, left in the fourth, first and ten at the fifth, the Pittsburgh forty-seven, and on that play is when Crawford shows up, makes a great play, gets the ball out, forces the fumble. Alden Smith recovers it, and he gets it to the Pittsburgh twenty-one. So you're right. At the worst case scenario, you're assuming they get a field goal. Best case scenario, maybe they get a touchdown mm-hmm. that late in the game. That was a huge play yeah, and a huge, huge moment uh, for this team. Dave, what did you think of the two penalties? Um, well, I'll talk about them briefly, but that I think that uh, hides the, over the the bigger point. But I mean, okay, the the Claypool penalty was BS, and especially on a game on a game swinging play, you know where. Pittsburgh scores on that drive. Obviously, you like Dallas's odds to get some type of points if that play stands. That's just really bad luck. Um, the the roughing the passer was a penalty. Like, there's no way it's it's not fair. The game is slanted toward quarterbacks. But welcome to the NFL. Honestly, you talk about Claypool flopping. That I thought it was a great job of salesmanship by Ben Roethlisberger because if he just takes that hit and stays up. There's probably no flag because that, you know, Cam Newton and Dak never get those calls because they're big, strong guys. And when you hit them, you know, it, do, it doesn't look like they're vulnerable. And and big, big Ben, his name is Big Ben. He's a gigantic guy. Like, if he just takes that hit and stand and stays standing, they probably don't throw the, throw the flag. And I don't know for sure, but it looked like he kind of let himself go down to emphasize that he got hit. That's what it looked like to me. If you go back and watch the replay, like he's looking for the ref as soon as he hits the ground. So I just think that's a great job of veteran gamesmanship by Ben Roethlisberger. It's unfortunate for Jalen, but it's absolutely a penalty. Um, But the point I was going to make is, you know, Jalen Smith, everybody, we do this all the time. We're like, I don't want to complain about the the penalties. Like we got to c- control what we can control, but here's all the thing I hate about the penalties. Like if you <laughs> want to talk about if you want to talk about the game-changing moment that was completely within the Cowboys' control, it's opting to kick that field goal to go up 10 at the end of the third quarter. And and you know that that was the moment of the game because we in the press box sat there and had a 10-minute debate about it. Like we were all Derek leaned over and he's like, "All right, Dave, what do you do here, Rob? Like, what's what's your strategy here?" And I don't, I don't hate the call. You know, you got a fourth string quarterback, you got a chance to take a two possession lead toward the tail end of the game, but you can certainly second guess it and say if you go for it and pick it up, you can probably take two more minutes off the clock. Even if you're forced to settle for another field goal, that's two or three minutes that Roethlisberger has less to work with. You know, they zipped right down the field after that field goal and tied it up like two minutes later. So. Um, if you're talking about things that were in the Cowboys' control that swung that game, that's that's what I go back to. Is if you're going for broke, trying to win, maybe you should have gone for it on fourth down. The the biggest penalty of the game. I mean, yeah, Jalen, those Jalen penalties were big, but I mean, you can't overlook how big the Terrence Steele penalty was before the uh, the half because you know the Cowboys were aggressive. They said we're going to go out and we're going to make something happen here right before halftime. Thirteen six, they're up. Dalton Schultz, 20-yard catch over the middle. I mean, they're going to probably go get a field goal to go up 10. Instead, I mean, I thought that was that was really, you know, borderline to, to call that on Terrence Steele for being off the line of scrimmage like that. Um, whatever. But, I mean, that the next play, then, you know, CD gets the fumbles, and then they it's a six-point swing right there, and they lose by five. So, I mean, I think – you know, of course, the game could be played differently, but I thought the Terrence Steele not lining up penalty that was pretty big. Yeah, it's interesting because I actually had that when it happened. 
I highlighted it as a moment that mattered, and then the next play just basically took all the air right out of that. You get the fumble, and it's like, okay, well, that yeah. it really didn't matter as much because the next play you fumble. And you thought, I think we all thought, or I shouldn't say that, I thought that maybe they were getting <laughs> to a point where ball security was going to be something that we could see a lot less of. And by the way, we have seen less of mm-hmm. it. But it just came in just the most inopportune time. Not that there's a great time ever to lose that, lose the ball, but it's just those kind of moments just tend to happen to this team. They keep putting themselves in bad positions. They can't get the good things to happen without eventually giving a, giving away a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to mention too, though, uh, Dave. You were talking about that uh, that decision to go for it. It was two seventeen left in the third. It was fourth and one of the Pittsburgh twenty two. McCarthy makes the decision to to try the, the attempt the field goal. They get the field goal, and to be honest with you, I, as we were talking about in the press box, I was actually you know I, I was more on the side of McCarthy of saying, okay, you take your points here because I think to that point your team has played above their heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, you looking at how they're playing against this team, I thought offensively and defensively they were playing above their heads. You take the points where you can get the points, and you keep fighting, um, as opposed to. Let's say you you go for it, you don't get it, and then momentum just completely shifts. And and at that point, a team that may have felt like they were kind of in this game starts to feel like they're a little less in the game. But all that being said, I I think this is one of those rare instances in football where actually both decisions can be right. I'm interested to hear what you think and what Amber thinks on this. Nick, what what are your thoughts on it? I just gut feeling there. I, I, I didn't hate it honestly maybe kind of what you were saying going up 10 uh, at that point in the game I mean not that you you felt like that was going to be enough but just I mean at that point that they don't you don't allow nine points to this to the Steelers so the defense was playing well and it just comes down to can you get the yard I mean can yeah. you get it they they've been running well at, at that drive so and I think Gilbert probably could have got it but I just the confidence of can they get the yard versus the confidence that Zerline's going to make this kick and what a 10 point lead might have done I I just I didn't hate it I, I wouldn't have hated either way that kind of like you said I, I wouldn't have hated that call I my gut was saying kick it there though but I don't remember how long was it a full yard half yard it was, it was about like a yard. full yard to me yeah. I, I, I can't fault There's Jason that. Garrett to say it was a long one. <laughs> it was That's a right. long it was a long well, well, one. You know, and I and I missed the um the press box banter there. So uh um what was the what was being said there? Well Amber, what what was your oh, thought? Sorry, I'm I'm sorry. Hold oh. on before you get to that, let's get what Amber had to say. What do you think of the of the of the call? Well, when you were going around the room asking, I told you, I'm like, they, they should go for it. And my reasoning to that was because I know the Cowboys were ahead and things were going unusually well for the Cowboys at that point. But at the same time, I've been feeling these past few weeks, it's like, what do you have to lose? Yes, you you need to get the points where you can get them. But at the same time, I'm like, just just do it. Just try it. And it, it's one of those, those scenarios where... You're never going to please everyone because on one hand, say you went for it, didn't convert, and then we wouldn't be having this conversation. We would be saying the opposite. Man, they should have, what was he thinking? They should have kicked and gotten three points. So it's one of the others. Like, you don't, it's never like a win-win situation and you just have to hope for the best. And I guess uh, in that scenario, they decided to go the more conservative way, maybe because they really felt like they had a chance to win that game. But uh, had it been me, I would have gone for it. 
Two things to note about that drive. <laughs> on that drive, and Dave, I'll get you in just a second. Two things to note about that drive. Yeah, on that good. drive, there were two no gains rushing, uh, two rushes that were no gain, both by Zeke, and there was one rush for a negative two by Pollard. So in that drive alone, there had been three instances where they tried to run the ball and they either got nothing or they got negative yards. That could have also played into – now, they had some decent runs in that drive, mm-hmm. too. But that could have also played into the coach's mind. Like, we've had some some things yeah. not go well in this drive alone. I'm not certain I'm going to be able to get this. Dave, what were you going to mention? I just I just want to be clear. This is not a situation where I'm like, oh, Mike McCarthy's an idiot and they bungled this terribly. Uh, I, I, I agree with everything you all said. I think you can justify it pretty well either way. And at the time, I was even like, yeah – with the way the defense has been playing, you probably just take your points. But in hindsight, you know, playing playing a quarterback like Roethlisberger is like playing LeBron. You know, like if you could be up by 18 at the end of the third quarter and you shouldn't feel safe. Like the run is going to come, and so you know, you look back on the game after it happened and you're like, yeah. That wasn't a terrible decision, but if you're really going for broke, trying to beat a better team, maybe that's a scenario where you just put your chips on the table. You know, one thing that I will say about this is is that so they so they get it. Let's say they they do go for it and they get it. When are you going to kick the field goal? I mean, later in that. I mean, three more minutes. Yeah. Maybe goes into the fourth quarter. They're going to kick a field goal. I mean, the way Pittsburgh was playing on defense, it was, you know, it was just so tough for the Cowboys to get. They had to get a matchup on TJ Watt against CeeDee Lamb and recognize it to get the touchdown. They finally got a touchdown there. I mean, we're not really talking about it much, but they had two great kick return and a punt return. And and those two game-changing uh, field-flipping plays – Netted three points combined. Mm-hmm. That was huge. Rico Daddle. I mean, Jim Nance doesn't even know who Rico Daddle is. <laughs> you could just hear the scrambling of like, who's this guy? You know, as he's trying to figure it out. Nobody knows who he is except for us. I mean, because we went to camp. But I mean, you know, he he makes a great play. They get down there. They're on the seven yard line, and and they don't get anything out of that. I mean, that was huge. That interception was huge. Yep. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about some performance reviews. There were some players that had some really good days. There were some units that had some really good days. Nick, you just mentioned special teams. I think we got to talk about special teams. We'll do that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why SLR pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. 
So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. The Cowboys will be back at home at AT&T Stadium on Thanksgiving Day to take on the Washington football team. Tickets starting at $89 are on sale now. Get yours today at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets. Make AT&T Stadium a home game again. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the show live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. Thanks, Dave. At the Star. Sorry, I was doing something. I, okay. I missed your, I missed your little that joke. That was a, a, delayed so reaction. a delayed reaction, but a good, a good reaction. Uh, it was nice. it was fifty fifty maybe sixty forty. What do you think? Uh, oh, yesterday I, think it was, I thought it was uh, seventy thirty. I think you were right. Your prediction was right. It was seventy thirty. I actually I, so I, I had a, a little bit of free time before before the game. I was kind of standing out there. You wouldn't count it. I did three times. I counted to one hundred. I counted one hundred fans coming in the stadium three times. Now that's just the three hundred. You got too much time when you're here. Oh, I did. I was waiting around okay. for the game to start. And All right, go ahead. Um, and I counted three times, and I got it was like a 60 40 Dallas one time, was like a 58 42 Pittsburgh, and then 50 50 on the dot at one time. Really? That, that's just 300 out of 30,000 fans. But what, it was, at what point was it? It was about 45 minutes before kickoff. I will say this. In. I think that it, it came that yeah. at that point, there were more people coming in. But probably an hour, hour and fifteen minutes before, you saw like there were a lot of fans, a lot of Pittsburgh fans were already in the stands, well, that, just that's, sitting there. That's always that, no, on road exactly. Games. But I mean, a little different when you're in this kind of situation, I think. But anyway, well, it just there were a ton of them, and even there, once the game started, I looked out there. It just to me, it looked like, and it wasn't because you're seeing yellow, because you know sometimes yeah. the piercing colors makes it look like it's more, but. They they seem like they clearly had an advantage. Yeah, they, an advantage, I they think. did. Well, you know, if you're black and gold, that's Pittsburgh. If you're, you know, Cowboys, and if you're wearing red, that's probably Cowboys. If you're wearing right. green, I mean, because if you're going to go into a game for the Steelers, you're going to wear your Le'Veon Bell jersey or yeah. whatever you got, Franco Harris or whatever. <laughs> Franco Harris, I mean Joe Green. <laughs> Who's that? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean Joe Green. Okay, wow. I'm kidding. I'm but, kidding. All right, my boy Heckman Harrison did an say. interview with him. Yeah, it's his uncle. It was great. Great interview. Yeah, it was a good interview. All right, here's, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about some different players and some different units. Uh, we call this segment performance reviews. We first have to talk about Garrett Gilbert. He was 21 of 38, 55 percent completion rate, 243 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception, um, and then he had three rushes for 28 yards, which I thought were really nice because they were in situations where he needed to run the ball and he made most of it. That being said, should he be the starter after the bye, or do they go back to Andy Dalton? Let's we're, just, start. we're just going in there. Yeah, right? we're going right in. Okay, like We're going we're all not, in on this. Amber, okay. what do you think? <laughs> not assessing the game. We're no, just gonna, we're okay. going right to that. <laughs> okay. And feel free to throw in whatever you got to talk about in the game, but that's what okay. I want to talk about. All Let's right. go. Amber. <laughs> okay, I'll play your game. Uh, <laughs> y- you know what? Yes, yes. 
I, I, I'll make him the starter and his performance looks so much better because mainly I think because of what we've seen since Dak has been out so the way that the other quarterbacks had performed so far has nothing it hasn't been impressive there there's been a lack of, of unity a lack of just connection between him and and the the receiver so the fact that we were finally able to see something good from Garrett Gilbert which he wasn't perfect or anything but still he had moments where you're like oh okay all right he can do that okay so it's just in the combination of him being able to utilize his legs and get out of the pocket and run a little bit I thought it was uh, motivating and again I said it earlier it brought back some hope that maybe this offense is able to start turning things around a little bit since Dak's departure and injury so yes I I would just make him the starter Dave this is going to be, I mean, this is the classic debate between Team Tank and Team Win Games. Like, that. that's where we are. And I think you're bearing, well, not bearing the lead, but it is a worthwhile thing to point out that a lot of people listening to this show, a lot of Cowboy fans are sitting around saying, man, that was perfect. They played well <laughs> and they still lost. They didn't mess up this draft pick. This is great. And that's that's how a lot of people feel. So I completely understand the desire to see more of Garrett Gilbert because, you know, you find out what you have in him and also people are aware, like, he gives you the better chance to lose more games. I think that's what a lot of people think. Um, Me, personally, I don't... I'm not... I'm just not ready to stress about that stuff in in mid-November. There's a lot of football left to be played. The Cowboys are going to lose more games. They're going to win a few. And I don't know... I don't know that Andy Dalton on his own is the difference between them magically running to the playoffs and finishing three and thirteen. You know, I <laughs> and for that matter, people people probably don't want to hear this, but like, I just that, that would suck for Andy if if he doesn't get a chance. Because I mean, he signed here in part to have an opportunity to audition for the rest of his career and I know the Cowboys have their own priorities that they need to get figured out but you'd like to think he could at least have a chance to put a handful of games on paper or on tape where he doesn't get concussed uh so no I mean if if the season goes the way people think it's going to go and they're in contention for a top 10 pick Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush will have more chances to start later but I would put Andy back in the lineup when he's ready Nick, for the time I, being, I probably I'd go with a better quarterback, and I I just don't see how it wouldn't be Andy. Uh, I would go with with the the better guy here, and and again I, we we go round and round on this. I don't grave on the curve when it comes to this. You know, an eighty two is better than a seventy five on a test, regardless of what your expectations are of the person. And so, if Garrett Gilbert comes from the Orlando Apollos and he goes against the Steelers and does that, that's great. But is his expectations? You know, was it more of an expectation thing? Which I think, you know, we we didn't expect him to do anything. If he's better than Andy Dalton, then yeah, I would play him. But I don't think he's going to be. And I still think that you can go and, and like Dave said, you know, you be competitive here, give Andy a shot. He hasn't done anything wrong. You know, he. I mean, both protocols that he's in. I mean, that, that's just that's what happened. But I think he should go out and he should play. 
Um, and and if Garrett Gilbert's going to be a backup here for maybe next year, he just showed that he can get here in three weeks and play against the Steelers and do that. He'll be fine in an offseason. You don't have to see him that much more. I mean, he'll, he'll get out there. He'll play. With this offensive line, they're all going to play. Well, I will say this. I, I think that one thing I, 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 I think I noticed yesterday, uh, which I don't know that there are I don't know that there are a lot of um, and there's a lot of empirical proof I can give for it, but I think I saw it is that it seemed like he got rid of the ball. He was more decisive and got rid of the ball quicker than we had seen from any of the guys that have come in since Dak. And I think when you're playing with this kind of offensive line that is uh, that is porous and and can can certainly lead to pressure coming from a lot of different points at a lot of different times in games, an ability to be able to quickly diagnose where you need to get the ball and get it out quickly, um, I think is very very important. I'll take you back to earlier in the game. It was uh, about 7:56 left in the second quarter. Uh, Cowboys were second and seven, and this was the play just before the touchdown. Uh, he had pressure coming. Um, he was able to get rid of the ball, and he got rid of the ball quick. And it was a—he basically threw it into the ground. He knew he wasn't going to complete the pass. But what I liked about it was he got rid of the ball. He got rid of it in a place that it wasn't going to be intercepted. And at the same time, he didn't take the sack, which would have been a much different third down at that point uh, when they would have gone for the when they were shooting for the touchdown. If you're at you know third and twelve, third and fourteen, that's a much different way that the yeah. defense plays you than if you're at third and seven. And again, that to me, I was that was the first moment in the game when I said, okay, this guy's got a little something. He he has a feel for what's going on around him, and he saw the pressure coming, he saw that that pocket collapsing, he got rid of the ball. That's the part that makes me think that maybe he might be a better fit for what's going on in this offense right now than what Andy is. But I mean, I, again, this is one of those decisions where Either way, I don't think either one of them is going to make a huge difference in the the fortunes of this team, win win or loss. I think at the end of the day, it's just a matter of which one do you want to really get time to see, and I think that'll be a decision that the coaches will have to make. Uh, We're going to take another thing. Go ahead, Amber. Another thing. Oh, oh, sorry. I was just going to add that another thing to take into account is what what are you going to do with the whole quarterback position in the future with Dak Prescott and all that? Because again. I'm starting to see a lot of conversations on Twitter about just after seeing one game from Gilbert. It's like, okay, well, what do you decide here? It's just, it depends. The way I see it, it's like, what are you really trying to obtain in the future? Are you wanting to see more from a younger guy? I know he's been in the league since, what, 2014, I think? So he's not super young, but still young enough in the league. So... It's like, what are you looking at the backup position? What are you going to do in the draft? What are you going to do with Dak Prescott and all that? So it's one of those things. I would rather just keep seeing Gilbert and see what he has. All right, we're going to take our final break, come back. We're going to talk a little more about the running backs. They did a pretty good job yesterday. We're going to talk about Pollard in his day versus Zeke in his day. We'll talk about the offensive line. We'll get into the defense. We'll get into the special teams. Do all that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay, let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes. 
which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join DallasCowboys.com. Sorry. What? Let me start over. Keep going. Heard myself three times. Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United presented by Globe Life starting at just $20. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United. Unfazed. Welcome back to the final segment of the break. We got our distractible player over there, Nick Eatman. Uh, we're going to jump back in. We got to finish up this uh, these performance reviews. Uh, we talked about Garrett Gilbert. Let's move to the running backs. Uh, Tony Pollard yesterday had nine rushes for 57 yards, leads the team in yardage on the ground. Zeke has 18 carries for 51 yards. The total for the team was 144 yards rushing, which is a really, really good day based mm-hmm. on kind of what we've seen from them recently. But that all being said, is Pollard running better than Zeke at this point in the season, and does he deserve deserve more opportunities? Nick, let's start with you. He is. He's got, he's got more juice. There's no doubt about it. He's, he's definitely running the ball well. I, I just think this is, you know, this goes back to years. Everybody loves the backup quarterback, running back more than the starter. They always have. I mean, people loved Hambrick more than they loved Emmett Smith at one point. That just happens. Um, but there's a reason why they come in and run the ball better because they're, they got some, you know, they're, they're fresh. Um, but I, I, it doesn't have to be an either or. or. I mean, Put them both in there. I mean, like use it like that. I thought it was a good compliment because I don't think Pollard can keep doing what Zeke does, and and you know Zeke right now is not showing he can do what Pollard does. So I, I, I like I like what it is, Dave. Yeah, if I had to guess, uh, there's there's more to this story than Zeke is bad and Tony is good. Like if I, I'm gonna guess when I go and turn on the tape, you can see Pittsburgh keying on Zeke's snaps in a way that they probably don't for Tony, whether that's because Tony's more versatile as a receiver, they have to account for that. Maybe uh, they're just not as worried about it. I understand all of that. Like, I, I don't I don't just think Zeke is bad. I think what the Steelers were doing probably has a lot to do with that. At the same time, yeah, like, there's no better way to say it than, like, there's the juice. Like, Tony Pollard has juice, and, and Zeke doesn't right now, whether because of what defenses are doing or maybe it's his hamstring but i saw a stat this morning 
Tony Pollard has as many 20-plus yard carries on like 100 attempts as Zeke does on his last 400. And Mm. at some point, that stops being about what defenses are doing. I'm sorry, but it does. Uh, So... Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not trying to put Zeke on the bench, but that definitely, I don't even know if you want to call it a committee, but Tony Pollard needs snaps, he needs carries. I think he had nine yesterday. Yep. He should be hovering around, he should probably be hovering around 10 to 12 for the foreseeable future, maybe more depending on the game plan. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, so you have two really good running backs. You'd like to be getting more from one of them, but just use both of them in the meantime while you figure that out. Amber. No, yeah, I I agree with everything they said. And the great thing is that you don't have to necessarily choose between one or the other. It's not like you're going to only have one active during the game. You have both of them in there ready to go in and just keep adjusting based on their performance. If you see Tony Pollard being more successful in that day, in that game, allow him to be more on the field and just keep adjusting based on on what you are seeing during the game. And I know that's easier said than done and it's hard to predict who's going to be able to keep making uh, the better plays but at the same time is you have the ability to choose between these two guys very very easily and just interchange between the two very easily so I just think create a good balance and allow one to be more on the field depending on who's performing better that day you know, I there's people that that love to look at what Zeke does and what he is not doing, and and put his contract up there and all this stuff. And I, I'm probably going to be the last to ever go there to to really criticize him. I, I respect what he does. I respect the role that he plays. He plays the leader role, and whether or not he is a great leader, who knows? But he plays that role. He knows that you know he's got to be the one that talks to the media. He knows he's got to play in that game. I mean, that was a game time decision. Decision. I was told, don't know if he's playing. He's going to go down there with Britt Brown and on the court, and we're going to see how it goes. There, there will be people that would say, in this situation, I'm out. You know, there's people on this team that aren't playing right now, and maybe they should, maybe they shouldn't. You know, that they're not healthy or not. Who knows? He he played. He could have easily backed out of that game. Limited all week, playing the Steelers, back quarterback, the fourth string quarterback. He plays. So I, I'm giving him credit for how he played. I mean, he didn't play as great, but um, you know, he was in there. He was in there fighting. That was tough sledding for all those running backs. And I, I just I think he deserves a little bit more credit for going out there and playing those. Not everybody's doing that. No, I I actually agree with that. And the one thing I will say though is Point. I do think going back to what Amber said. I actually think that yesterday's game, I think there was a point when it it seemed to me at least there was a clear difference between the juice of Pollard yeah. and the juice of Zeke. And I think in that instance, I would have opted to give Pollard a few more carries. Mm-hmm. That's my whole point. Is that I'm not thinking necessarily for the season. I'm not saying you know, bench Zeke, all that stuff. Like that's 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 silly. The the point is if if you're in a game and you notice one of them seems to have a little bit more which yesterday, and I, I attribute that more to Zeke's hamstring, and I I give him all the credit in the world for getting out there and yeah. playing through it. But if you start to notice that one guy has a little more juice than the other, I think you stick with the hot hand. And I would have given Pollard a few more opportunities in that instance sure. because I do think yesterday he had a little more juice. Were you saying something, Dave? No, I just I, – I really agree with, with Nick's point. That's kind of – it's fair to – it's fair – very fair to criticize the play of the $15 million running back, mm-hmm. but – I just, yeah, I don't, 
I'm not ready to throw dirt on the guy's career. I still think he's a hell of a player, and I'm sure his hamstring didn't feel good yesterday. Um, and on top of that, he's sort of stuck in a situation where he's weathering this crappy storm on his own. Because mm-hmm. um, he's, I mean, he's the he's the biggest face on the offense. He's he's the, one of the highest paid running backs in the league. He doesn't have his quarterback. He doesn't have his O line. So I I respect what he's going through right now. That's not to make excuses for. Like, I mean, you know, you want better production from a guy that you're paying that money to, but I, I respect what he's doing. Let's flip to the defensive side of the ball. Yesterday, particularly on the rush defense, uh, in the rush defense, they held Pittsburgh 46 yards with a long of eight uh, rushing yards on a particular carry. Uh, they've had now, in my opinion, back-to-back solid performances if you go back to the Philadelphia game. Are you sold that they may have finally figured this thing out? Because I think for so long we've been wondering, like, between the defensive coordinator and what he's trying to do and the players and them trying to figure it all out, they didn't seem to have a clue. And now we've had two weeks where it looks like maybe things are changing. You think they've started to figure it out? Dave, we'll start with you. Yeah, I'm, I was the guy that sat here and basically laughed at you when you asked me about the run defense on Friday. Like, I predicted, <laughs> I wrote down in my prediction that I thought James Conner was going to go for 130. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I that might be the most stunning development from this entire game is that they were rock solid against the run to the point that Pittsburgh gave up on it. Mike mm-hmm. Tomlin even said that after the game. He was like, yeah, like we just realized we were going to have way better luck trying to spread them out and throw the ball, which that is what I expected this defense to look like. Mm-hmm. Not not great, susceptible to the passing game because they're inexperienced on the back end. You know, they they started giving up back-breaking plays at the end because Roethlisberger's a beast, but and they Savion hung in there, Smith and they were good against not. the run. <laughs> and Savion well, Smith is not a beast. Yeah. And, and a great Roethlisberger credit. Boy, he, he, he found Savion Smith and goes, oh, who's this? He's not on my roster. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah, and he tested uh, he tested Trayvon Diggs in the uh, in the early going, and and Diggs was up to it. So, yeah, I think this was this was their best performance of the season. Um, I'm way too pessimistic to just be like, this is what we're going to see the rest of the way because you know I think there's some degree of circling the wagons. I think there's some degree of you know, getting juiced up to play the seven and zero Pittsburgh Steelers—that's a team with its a target on its back. You know, how do you how do you respond playing a crappy Washington team on short weeks rest in a couple of weeks here? Um, so, you know, I I'm not ready to say that they're just amazing, but I was very very impressed, particularly you know not just that they played well, but how they played well. I mean, to make Pittsburgh quit running the ball, pretty pretty impressive. Amber. Definitely impressed as well, but definitely not convinced yet. Even though I started talking about, okay, maybe they got a shot to the playoffs and all that, and let's hold up. At the same time, I need to see more because one of the things that this uh, Cowboys team has lacked is consistency. They haven't been able to maintain consistency all throughout the, the season, weeks by week. So, it's one of those things that I, I great, great performance against the Steelers, but at the same time, we need to see more and they need to keep doing it again week after week. And then maybe me, I'll start buying into that whole idea that finally the Cowboys rush defense has been able to uh, 
turn the page and start performing better. Well, I mean, let's put some names on it. I mean, Neville Gallimore. Yeah. I mean, he 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 was a beast for for a, mm-hmm. a while there. I mean, he he played really well, and that, and even in the the fourth quarter, I mean, at the very end of the game when they when Pittsburgh said uh, we're going to have to go for it because. Tomlin did not trust the field goal. He didn't trust that they could block. They could block it, you know. Um, so, great, great job by the special teams for that. But, um, but I would say Neville Gallimore in the middle, Antoine Woods, which, you know, Antoine Woods needs a game ball for other reasons too. But you know, just just doing, you know, being a Dallas Cowboy. You know, if the Cowboy fans really saw what he did, I, I think that was that was amazing. I don't know if we wept. Feel free to, get to say into it. That. Yeah, feel free well, to say it. I mean, Judy. Oh, and 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 we saw this right before the show. Um, I'm not on TikTok. I don't I don't know what that. I don't even know how to spell it. I was like trans transcribing it last night. But uh, TikTok is where Antoine Woods saw Juju Smith, whatever his name is, Juju. He was on the Star before the game on Saturday dancing. He did uh, a TikTok video. So Antoine knows him because they went to USC together, and he was like, I ah, he's going to do something. When Juju scored. Antoine saw it the whole way. He started running to the star because he knew Juju was going to run and try to do something like T.O. And he said, it's not happening. Not going to happen at all. So he goes, that's zero tolerance for that. Which, hey, that's great. Do you think people really think George Teague was a great player? Or did they people love what George Teague did mm-hmm. to T.O.? I mean, he was a good player, mm-hmm. but that was an unbelievable, unforgettable moment. So... Antoine Woods was going to make sure that didn't happen, and I asked her about it, and he said, no, not going to happen. And I said, what would happen if he did? (laughs) He said, I would have speared his ass. No, and if you go back and watch the video, it's actually you can see tongue Juju. in cheek. Hold on, tongue in cheek. Yeah, he was like, "That's my boy," because they they went to college together. But he's like, "Nah, he ain't gotta take care of it." But right. that, that's the thing. You see Juju heading for the end zone. You see Randy Gregory reach out and swipe the ball away from him. He stops. He picks up the ball and he keeps running toward the star. And then you can kind of see his head kind of shift as he's getting near the star. <laughs> and I think he sees Antoine Woods. And then it's like, "All right, yeah, let me go celebrate with my team. <laughs> yeah, 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 this is all good. Yay, we got score." You know. So, yeah, I think I think uh, mission accomplished by Antoine Woods, right, no right. doubt about it. Um, I'm glad we brought that up because that's like the vibe for this entire game. With everything the Cowboys have lost, like are any fans out there like mad that they're losing? I don't think so. But it's whether or not it looks like you give a damn, like whether or not you're going to be as upset on Monday as they are because you lost the game. You can't tell me that they were giving off that vibe against Arizona and Washington. They just weren't. Uh, so for them to scrap the way they did against Pittsburgh and, you know, for, for two guys to be like, you're not doing that in our house, like, I think that's – I mean, obviously you prefer to win, but, like, if you're doing that at least in a situation like this, I think fans can at least get on board with that. And that, that it was great to see for that very reason. Yeah, I think they were really good. The defense was really good yesterday. I think that we will find out a lot about this Russian defense. They have a bye week, but the week after that, they'll be playing the Minnesota Vikings. And if you've been watching Dalvin Cook over the last two weeks, that's when we're going to find out about this Russian defense because that dude has been on another planet these last two weeks, and we will see whether the Cowboys' defense can can put a stop to that. All right, so go ahead, Amber. I was going to ask you guys, do you think that that it's bad that they have the bye week right now as far as like when you see them finally performing at a better level than what we've seen so far in the season, do you take this bye week as like, man, I wish they can just keep the momentum going no. or 
<laughs> Man, they just need the bye week. No. Give me the bye week. This is almost <laughs> sorry. I'm, this is like as late in the season as you can have the bye week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true too. But I um, mean, even even with no preseason with a short training camp, like these guys are obviously they're beat to hell. I mean, not just the guys on IR, but everybody. So, uh, no. That's I mean, it. I I think week to week mo- momentum is real, but these guys need a breather. Yeah, that's a good question, but but I I do think you know another week for Zeke's hamstring and you know I think like Dave said there's 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 a ton of guys that probably could could do that, but you know yeah I think Neville Gallimore and and those young guys and and Garrett Gilbert if he if he's the guy you know I mean this gives another week for you think about it if Andy Dalton's going to come back I think it's actually perfect because Andy Dalton was in the COVID protocol last week and then he has another week and then he should be good to go if he's going to be the quarterback so for the next game yeah I'm a big believer too in that theory of you know every team has a moment in their season no matter how bad they are when they get to a game that they look at as this is our Super Bowl I think the Cowboys had their Super Bowl yesterday and I thought they gave everything they possibly had oh, don't say that. In that no but my point is I think when you go into a game like that it's the real challenge of and you give everything you got so I think the the buy actually comes at a good time because it lets them refuel a little bit okay. and get some perspective uh, because I do think that you know they went into that game they played well above what we all thought they could play yesterday I think sometimes teams have a, have a, a propensity to do that when they're playing a much better opponent so I think this is a good time for them to kind of reevaluate yeah. step back for a second and then be ready to go into the next uh, next several games to finish out the season all right we appreciate you guys joining us we will be back tomorrow actually we're gonna do something a little different tomorrow we're gonna oh, yeah. have our Bye, show guys. shake up I will not be with these guys. I will not see them for the rest of the week. Ooh. If you're looking at the screen, you can see all the different shows and the lineups. The break will consist of myself, Isaiah Stanback, Barry Church, and Kurt Daniels. So make sure you check us out tomorrow at 1130 as we're normally on. We'll have a lot of stuff to talk about. It'll be good to hear some perspective from some of those guys. Scramble. And then you can check out these other guys on their other shows. They'll be in uh, in their, their different shows. Yeah, that's a good name for it. Bi-Week Scramble. And uh, and they'll be on their other shows. Where is that? Amber's going to be on Hanging with the Boys, and Nick's going to be on Talking Cowboys, and Dave's going to be on Mix Shots. That will be interesting. All right, so we appreciate you joining us. We'll be back. I'll be back tomorrow. These guys will be on the other shows. Make sure you check out all the shows tomorrow and Wednesday. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this?